So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guests too We're gonna win a trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Third one is only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side It's a new flood to me. No yours this week. <laughs> I actually... <laughs> going to ask Lero to play the Undertaker music. Oh my days. Like, that's how I feel. <laughs> It's a Shellside podcast, guys. Welcome. Hi, Kwabna, how you doing? Um. Looking super suave. Almost <laughs> like you've been entertaining or been out. I won't tell Boris. Um, how you doing? Oh my days. Um, episode 51, before I forget. 51. Episode 51, man. Episode 51. How am I doing? You know what, yeah? I've got to a stage where I to let Tottenham ruin like my weekends in it. So um this weekend was was alright man. Like I I chilled a little bit, did some DIY around a new place. Um I cooked for family today, had a good time, caught up with Can't um, say that unless it was the garden. Was it the garden? Yeah of course it was the garden bro. And there's families in okay. the families in my bubble in it. So anyway bun okay. Boris bro Boris doesn't even know what he's doing but bun him bro and you can tell him I said that too. Um So, um, yeah, that was cool. And then we kind of sat down to watch the, the Tottenham game after my my chicken and ribs and stuff that you don't condone have been expertly seasoned and were, <laughs> and were, and were grilling away. Blessed. And it was, yeah. And then it's like, and so, yeah, then we watched the game. Went, went in. And I actually told, I actually said exactly what was going to happen. And it's just, and it's like, usually, look, I'm very used to being right. Yeah, because more often than I am. <laughs> But me being right doesn't isn't necessarily a good thing because I'm a realist, and sometimes being right about these things aren't necessarily what you want to come to fruition. But so that was a bit long today. But um, anyway, take the rough of this move, innit? Take the rough of this move. How are you? Um, yeah, pretty much like you, without the ribs and the chicken, um, in my stomach. I I've had to have a drink. I'm not gonna lie to you, but. I knew what was going to happen, so as soon as we took the lead, um, bizarrely, we went from, or United went from 2-1 to one on to 5-1 to one on when we scored, so I put a cheeky dab a bet on, and let myself 100 quid, so <laughs> that's all right, I'm going to buy something with that, so oh, I know there's a lot of people that don't condone that, but I don't care, emotional hedge, needs must. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on season tickets, a lot of money on merch. Like oh, I've been doing this man. thing for a long time. Oh my god! And I'm being a bad dad as well, so it's true. It's I need true. I need some trade off right now. That's true. Do you know what? Yeah, it's actually funny. Like let's 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 um let's get into that a little bit because I know people say, oh yeah, never pay against your team, never pay against your team, and like I understand where they're coming from. I do understand where they're coming from, and if you know you support the team who generally where are they coming from? They're, they're coming from the point where you should always want your team to win, right? And so the idea that you might bet against them suggests that like you don't mind them losing. Which I understand at a very base, base level, right? At 
base level. But when you really go deep into it, yeah, these guys, yeah, they go out there and they are they're professionals. It's a job for them, innit? Like, with us, we feel the passion. We don't have to support Tottenham. Like, yeah, like, I grew up in Tottenham, right? I grew up in Tottenham, and despite going to school across the road from the stadium, when I was in primary school, I was the only Tottenham, Tottenham fan in my class. Everyone else was Arsenal. Imagine. All Arsenal fans. Because at the time, Arsenal winning trophies, you know, my, my mm-hmm. primary school was, like, 70% black. So, um, yeah, so right. everyone's like, yeah, Ian Wright, you know, Henri, like, we've always had a history of black players, but they've had a history of successful black players, right? So, like, you know, it's not, it's not great. Let's be real. It's not great, but that's the, yeah. that's, that's the truth. So they all supported Arsenal. So, like, we don't, we don't actually have to support Tottenham. We choose to support Tottenham, right? For us, it's like, it's, it feels like it's not a choice, but it's a choice. And no matter who's the manager, no matter who's playing in the team, doesn't matter whether we're relegated, whether we win Champions League, we are Tottenham till we die, right? Because we've chosen to be. These other guys, yeah, I remember one time, I'll never forget this, bro, I'll never forget this. We lost to, um, to, I think it was Portsmouth. Yeah, it was. It was the Portsmouth game. Um, that sem- F- FA Cup oh, semi-final. semi-final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's that game now, yeah? We lost. And then... I would like it took forever to get into the stadium, not stadium, into the station. So I just kind of like chilled outside with some friends and that. And I saw some of the players coming up, like, and one of them was like rolling up their window really, really, like, really slowly, right? Um, I think it was actually a was rolling up his window really slowly, like, and he just didn't look bothered, right? He didn't look bothered, cool, right? Um, Lennon came through, it's cracking jokes in his car, bro, cracking jokes in his car. Now, for me, yeah, I understand you can't... As a, as some of the great sportsmen say that you need to have a short memory in it. Like, people always talk about Jordan. Jordan says all the time he's got a short memory. Like, people only remember the shots that he made. But that's a lie. Yeah, yeah. But that's what they say, innit? Yeah. So that's yeah. what they say. So he take, he only, they, people only remember shots that he made, innit? But he has to quickly forget the ones that he, he lost or the ones that he missed because at the end of the day, if he thinks about the ones that he missed, he won't take another shot. Right, so I understand yeah. that. Right? But the same, by the same token, though, it was there was something very sobering of seeing how those players can just kind of move on, whereas that loss didn't just ruin like my my day. It ruined like the rest of the season for me. Do you see what I mean? And I felt it. Yeah, I felt no, it. No, but that's hundred percent right. Yeah, yeah you know, that, that is the reason. Exactly. So sometimes, is, so if you can find, if you can find a way to guarantee that something that's going to be at this point feels inevitably miserable. You can find some sunshine. I don't begrudge anyone. For some people, it might be having a drink after watching the game. For some people, it might be like eating something. It might be calling a friend. It might be listening to some type of music. If your way to get to deal with that is to mean that if we lose, you get a five pound, you're like, maybe that's not so bad. If you've bought a season ticket, you spend as much on merch as you do. You're as dedicated as you do. You find the time, yeah, whilst juggling your family life, your busy job, your multiple other projects and stuff, and you want to spend a five pound back on on Tottenham, on Tottenham losing. If the case they piss you off, bro, I've got I've got no problem with that at all, bro. Brother, listen, listen. What do you know about getting a booklet from your club, and you tear off a specific numbered ticket for a game once you've applied to go to that game and that's the only time you can use that specific ticket that's already marked out with a game name <laughs> that's when i've been a member from 
that booklet days there to the point of getting a season ticket, to the point of paying for multiple season tickets and still applying for my son's season ticket this year to spend thousands and thousands of pounds. And I'm not saying I'm more of a sport than anybody else because I do this. I'm just saying what I do and why I then have the emotional hedge because I think it's necessary. I think I will end up being a wife beater. Not that that's my nature, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm peed off when we lose. I'm peed wow, off when we don't perform. I'm peed off. Imagine going to Wembley. Wembley's a distance. Wembley is a journey. The walk from Wembley Way is great on a cup final day. You've got all the time in the world because you get there two, three hours early to soak up the atmosphere. Imagine doing that Wembley walk week on, week off for a season and a half. Yeah? That journey alone. Right for long. Long. Coming home, fighting people home. to get on that Liverpool street, bro. Beefing the two, you oh. get to the Metropolitan line. <laughs> listen, listen. So, wrong me if I have an emotional hedge, and it doesn't mean I want them to lose. That's out of the question. I want them to win, but I know if they lose, especially against a duppy side, like especially when we're losing to Brighton and the odds are six to one or whatever it is, that emotional hedge buys you something I always take the money and then purchase something because then Spurs have bought me something do you understand my mentality there they have actually physically bought me something so that's the way I see it so guys don't shoot me down but I mean I don't even know what to talk about today I didn't want to do the pod but let me ask you let's just do some admin first before we get really into some football talk Gobna do you want to have a stab at who wore 51 we kind of had someone who wore 51 bro We've got someone who wore 53, so we've got someone who wore 51. We have got 53. We do. <laughs> yeah, we're that waiting do, for that. <laughs> um, this guy, you've mentioned him on a previous pod, actually. You, I think you said you were super gassed when we brought him and you thought he was going to be a... He was a young prodigy and you thought he was going to do really good things. John Bostock. And that's the man. John that's Bostock. the man. Yeah, yeah, I was so... Yeah, he, so guess do you know what the thing about the John Bostock yeah and I think I said this earlier on the pod like the clips I'd seen of him he was like he looked like the new Steven Gerrard to me like he could go okay. box to box That's some praise yeah but he had, he had he had like a range of passing he was box to box like he he could he had like great timing when he came to tackling he, he felt like kind of player you could build a team around because he could do a bit of everything but in a <laughs> quite explosive fashion so yeah man oh my gosh yeah, 51. I think we're going to stop this often and 53 because we're not the type of club that's had those. Now, the thing is, realistically, we don't have those players that um, are like Ronaldinho who want to wear 80 or, do you know what it is? Like Edmundo, where yeah. your number's not available, so you wear the double number. Like if you wear seven yeah. and your seven's not available when you come to a club, you wear 77. Yeah, or yeah. you wear 99 because nine's not available. Like, we don't have those expensive Brazilians. The most we've got was Carlos Vinicius, who, who wore 45, probably because yeah. he wanted to wear nine, and four and five make nine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So after you get to mention Dane, I think we're going to have to bin it. But we won't bin new cities. We've had a couple this week, and I'm excited because we've got Brazil in the house. So Lucas Moura, Vinicius, we have Tupa from Brazil. And a new city in Australia, Montmorency. Montmorency. 
So shout out to you guys. Welcome. Shout out Thank to you, you for guys. The Welcome. Listeners. Welcome to the shell side where the sun's always shining, even on a day like today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, even like a day like oh, today. But days. regular listeners, thank you. You know, we don't tend to moan, moan, moan. We come with some constructiveness, but today it feels like pretty much the end of the season, Kwabna. How do you feel about where we are right now? Does this feel like that is it? Shut down, play the kids? I, I mean, I felt like that a couple of times, but the thing is, we're just too close. We're annoyingly close to the top four. We are like two, we're two results. We don't deserve to be, we though. We don't deserve, Do not deserve, we don't, deserve we to don't be. We don't deserve to be, but I'll tell you one thing, right? Tottenham have become a team that have been good enough to get results that they don't deserve, which has never been our thing. We've ended up in position. Do you remember? Do you remember like a couple of seasons ago when we finished in um, we finished in the top four, and we pretty much were trying our hardest to throw it away. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous, and we just carried on doing that. We end up just like stumbling into top four. I'm not stumbling sure. Into fourth, just above us. Yeah, I'm not sure if we even like won a one. How many games did we win that time? I can't even remember, but, but we did. I remember, but I know the season. 100%. And it, it was just, we're there now. We're there now. So we, if, we, if we were like seventh and we were nine points off, then I'd be like, yeah, play the kids, down tools, blah, blah. But because there are five points in it, right? Two losses to any of those teams above, two wins to any of them, then we're in again. Do you see what I mean? And it's like, but it's annoying. we're not going to win those games. It's all right saying that. It's all right saying that. Listen, like I said, I'm a realist, yeah? I've always been a realist when it comes to it. When it comes, not even just to Tottenham, but just to life, I've always been a realist. And to me, like, there are games where things, where we can pick up points we don't deserve. And there are games where we'll lose, where we, sh- we should have won, etc. Those are going to happen. This has been such a weird season that I would, like, I would I actually wouldn't bet against us finishing the top four. It could happen. Because no, I'm going because to. the thing is, actually, yeah, 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 yeah. That. I can see that's smart, that's smart money. <laughs> but the thing is, wouldn't it wouldn't it be so Tottenham like, right, to have been so pissed off at Mourinho, and the way he's played, the the insidious nature with which which he's said some of the things about our club, how frustrated we've become at the way he's dealt with our players, and then for him to finish fourth and win the League Cup and to be given another season, it's the most Tottenham thing to happen. It's the most certain thing to happen. Uh, and people would have a field day. The reporters who'd been talking, banging on about us being useless and playing turgid football, etc., they would have a field day laughing at us knowing that we'd going to get Mourinho and he would have justified his position. Like, Mourinho, can, can you just see his smug face parading a, champion, um, a, a League Cup medal saying, here, dashing it into the crowd like it meant nothing, but for us it's everything he, will, he yeah. gave to us. Like, I can see that happening so easily. So easily. So easily. So, okay. No, I mean, that's a great point. And the the irony in that would be huge. It would absolutely be huge. And, I mean, he would go down. He would enhance his reputation from where it is and has gone recently if he were able to produce a top four finish and Carling Cup victory over a really dominant Man City that would definitely enhance his reputation more so than when he finished second and won the trophies with United, especially given how poor we've been, how much he has said we've been poor, bemoaned the defence, bemoaned the players, etc. But in order to do that, Kobna, we need to go to Everton. We need to be a side who we've played three times this season and not beaten. We need to go to wow, a place where... that's a damn it is. It is. Um, we need to go to a place where we traditionally do okay, but this is a season like no other. Then we play Southampton at home, 
Home comfort means absolutely nothing. This stadium has given us absolutely nothing at the moment. Yeah. I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then obviously we got the cup final. We play Sheffield United. Maybe that one's three points. Maybe. We have to play Leeds away. Not going to be easy. Uh, Wolves at home. Maybe resurgent Wolves. Who knows? Villa at home. Grealish may be there, but if Grealish is there, that's going to be a tougher game than it was when we played them recently. And then Leicester, who are falling, but who knows? I mean, I'm not going to try and predict any of these games, but that's seven games, and maybe only one of those is a gimme for me. Um, I don't know. I don't don't think we're going to finish fourth. I, I really don't think we're going to finish fourth. I think West Ham will finish above us this season. Just, and that that's disgusting. is damning. That is fucking disgusting. Jesse Links is proving out over Deli Alley. I remember when I tweeted who is better and all the Spurs fan base resoundingly said Delhi, And I would have said Delhi, And I still say Delhi. However, Jay Links is doing mad bits mad for bits, West bro. Ham. West Ham... On paper, we did this with Leicester, we did this with Everton, we didn't do it with West Ham, and I'm not suggesting we do it with West Ham, but you know, I know, and all the Spurs fan base will look at West Ham's team on paper and say, player for player, they're not better than us. And player for player, at the start of the season, if you compared, the only player I can think of that you would have had over anybody in the Spurs side would have been Declan Rice and that is at a push because Declan Rice is playing against Hoybier. So he's up against Hoybier in that comparison. Can you think of anybody else on paper from the start of the season you would have had or even the midpoint of the season, January transfer window, you would have had for West Ham over a Spurs player? Uh, no. No. Oh wait, hold on. There's that. that what's the defender? He's really come into his own. So full. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I nah, I'm just saying things, man. Let's be honest. Yeah, heart, hearts. Yeah, I think I'm just saying things. No, nah, no, nah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Even Declan Rice actually would have taken him. Soy check. Soy maybe he actually him. So, but over Don Bele? No, no, no. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Hey. I'm a tape, bruv. Come on. Let's, <laughs> Come on, let's not, talk, not, not talk crazy. <laughs> That's not too crazy. Um, yeah, but my you're, point you're is... Right, but it's, this is the thing, right? West Ham... David Moyes... David Moyes is doing what people expected Mourinho to do, right? And then to make to give you an identity, make you hard to beat, but still, still you know, score goals. Like, it's not like he, score, he scores like hatfuls, no. But he scores goals and makes you hard to beat. This is everything we expect Mourinho to do. Moyes is doing what Mourinho has done without the transfer budget, without the travel budget, without the backing. It's just, it's just, it just shows you, like, people talk about, oh, players aren't good enough, players aren't good enough all the time. When things go bad, like they pick out all these players that they don't like, blah, blah. Yeah. But I've seen so many managers talk, take, turn players into world beaters. Even, even Guardiola, right? People talk about Guardiola, people who don't know football say that Guardiola is a checkbook manager, right? Those people, I can't actually have conversations with them because they're idiots. But if you even look at what he's done to... Look, De Bruyne has always been a, a quality player, right? But look at what Mourinho was able to do with him versus what happened when he went to Wolfsburg. Even take Pep out of it. 
what he did when he went to Wolfsburg, didn't he? He was yeah. doing bits. Wolfsburg won the league that season. No one expected him to win the league. It was Wolfsburg. No one expected him to win the league. To break the to break the duopoly of Dortmund and Bayern, it's no In joke. Yeah. They did that, right? Then he comes to Pep and he takes his, his game up progressively levels since yeah. then. Like that's the thing. I think mean? that's sorry, I think yeah, that's key. Is that he has raised his game since he's been at Man City. Just like Sterling has raised his game. Um but I think everyone just thinks KDB, KDB's always been this KDB. He hasn't always been this he KDB. He hasn't always been the though. levels of KDB last season and the season before, this wasn't the levels of KDB, especially in the Premier League. So Pep is doing something with these players. He's doing something with these players that other managers can't do, haven't done. Walker raised his game, went there. Like people, I know people like to pick holes in Walker's game, but did anybody see Walker being able to play in a three-man defence? They yeah, didn't. That is it. He, no one would ever say that he has the tactical, like, nous and awareness to do that. People just thought he's athletic, so he just always... But he's taking his like, game to another level. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously as his pace diminishes, he could end up be playing in centre-back or in a free. And he's going to extend his career. And that's down to Pep. Um, I mean, this is the thing, right? So what we're saying here, we're saying a manager, a system, giving a club an identity. And I know we touched on this, and I think we need to get Trevor back on to defend himself because we question the identity, what our Spurs, what is our style of play, what is our pattern. And then we did a piece a couple of weeks ago and I likened them to, um, well, an amateur boxer stepping up without having the foundation to fall back on. But I don't believe we have an identity. I really don't believe we have an identity. Like we have tried so many combinations at centre-back. It is a joke. We went back to our number one centre-back today. He's obviously fallen out with Toby because he went back to Dyer. And it's funny because I tweeted out earlier who should play in defence. And absolutely nobody said Dyer. Maybe one person, but I can't think. But nobody... And I had a feeling Dyer was coming in today. And that's why I asked the question. I had a feeling all else fails, he was going to go back to Dyer. And I'm not being funny. I thought Dyer was rank awful today. Right? Yeah, he was. I think I think Cavani is a world class striker. He's obviously an aged world class striker, but he's still world class. He has world class movement. But on at least four occasions, Dyer did not have a clue where Cavani was. Little darting behind, completely outfoxed both Rodon and Dyer, but I'm saying Dyer because he was on Dyer's side most of the time. Absolutely, just waiting to the last minute to dart in. What did Dyer think? This guy is six foot plus. He has long hair. He's wearing a red shirt. How could you lose him? Consistently lose him. And I know Dyer's your favourite player. Um, quite <laughs> you, know, you know, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, what you forget is sometimes we have first time listeners, isn't it? And I can't have the thinking I'm part of, part of Dyer gang because, listen. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but yes, Dyer, no, no, my guy. No, no. no, no. He, we know he's not your guy. But what I'm saying is, I made a statement. We had this thing as well, and I keep on going back and talking about old pods. Um, so listen to the old pods, guys. Um, some good stuff there, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself. Jigger. Um, 
No, it's last week. Chicka this Did week. It? No. See you on the road, bro. <laughs> Seriously. So we had this thing at the start of the season where we said who is going to be our single most important player. Kwame chose Hoibier, and where he got in with Hoibier before, before me, I went with Dyer. And I went with Dyer not because Dyer's my favourite, and I went with Dyer not because I think he's particularly good, but I went with Dyer because I knew he was our number one centre-back, and I knew he had built up this rapport with Jose, and I knew he was going to start the season every game. Okay? And I said, if we are going to do well, Dyer is going to have a good season. And I think that's been proven out. I think when Dyer was doing okay with Toby, pretty much a low block, we had our best run. Dyer's form dipped and he's looked pants. Our run has been absolutely terrible. So I think it's been proven out. What do you think of your man Dyer? Um, I think it's like... Come in. I think that the the intangibles are there, right? So he he has clearly got like leadership. He's clearly like willing to stand up and be accountable. But sorry, but does he though? This leadership, this okay, leadership. Do you know what? Yeah, let, that's a very good point. Let me remove that leadership. What I'll say is that he has the attributes that people look at in a leader from a communicational point of view the body language the shouting at people the pointing all that kind of crap that people think that yeah that means that means you're a leader because let's be honest let's be honest when people talk about his leadership they're like yeah he's not afraid to organize people, blah, blah. if he's the one who's organizing people and we can see them goals the way we are is that good leadership it's not he's but not organizing the, himself exactly. so on the surface it looks like it's leadership there it looks like there's the the attributes that we we strive for in a captain right i want my captain to be so good, he doesn't have to say shit. Like, that's what I, that's what I want my yeah. captain. I want my captain to Let's be. See. I want my captain exactly. I want my captain to be so good, he doesn't have to say anything. But when he does, you flip and listen, right? Not mm-hmm. someone who points and, and shouts when there's chaos going around. That's not that's not what I want my captain. So when I say that, I say on. I think people look at him and they see the intangibles, and that's what they want to pin to his his mask. That's what they want to say is the reason why he is provides some kind of value. What Mourinho has done, though, is he's outlined someone as his, his favourite and then they've disappointed because they're not good enough. Then he's brought new people in and then they've made disappointed and they're good enough. Currently, we're in a position where no one in the team wants to make a mistake. No one wants to try anything, right? The only people, the only two players in this team who play with confidence and a level of freedom are Harry Kane and Ndombele. And even those guys, they don't play with a level of freedom that you know that they're capable of, Right? Today, they don't. today Harry, Kane, Harry Kane's touch into into the pass of Lucas, right? It was the right idea, but it wasn't actually great execution, right? No. Because the because Lindelof mishit, miss um, yeah, air yeah, kicked, yeah. right? He should take care of it. It was the right idea. It, it, it was if it was done, if it was executed properly, whether Lindelof had miskicked or not, it would have gone through, right? But at the end, the angle was wrong. The angle was wrong. At least he was trying something, right? And he feels freedom to try something because, let's face it, Kane, and you can't blame him for thinking so, he probably feels like he's untouchable at Tottenham. He probably thinks he's untouchable. He is untouchable. And, and, And to be honest, to a certain degree, he's earned that, right? In Nobele, the reason why he tries stuff is because that's the only way he knows how to play. And to try to stop him from doing anything like that, you might as well just have any any other midfield, any other box standard midfielder there, and it wouldn't make a difference. So those two players need to play that. But the rest of the team, they all play with an element of fear. The thing is, when you're scared 
of making mistakes, you're more likely to make a mistake. That's just that's just life. That is life. You're yeah, if you feel comfortable, tired. if you feel comfortable, you know that there's a possibility you make a mistake, but you might learn from it or you can move forward and blah. There's a level of freedom, there's liberation there. And when people play football like that, that is when you're at its most joyful. We look, we're old enough to remember in great detail the fluidity of the Jogo Benito um Brazilian team, right? Mm-hmm. Bruv, were any of those defenders really defenders? Nope. Lucio was, they were laterals. Lu- Lucio was the closest thing to, to a defender we saw yeah. in that team, bro. He was more defensive than Dida, bro. And he was a goalkeeper. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So it's like, it, but yeah. they, played with, they played with freedom. Like, generations upon generations of Brazilian talent have come through. We've seen them all. We've seen them all, right? And yeah. they haven't all been great. But that team played with a fearlessness, a fearless joy. It was unbridled. Look, we're never going to be Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Rivaldo. That's not going to happen for the Tottenham team. No. But take the handbrake off and let them enjoy. Because right now, the chances of us winning stuff based on the way we're playing right now isn't working. My thing is that I've always looked at Mourinho as someone who makes tactical changes. Someone who can control or manipulate a game from the sidelines because he knows how to A, man-manage, B, get the best out of players, Right, not even from a psychological point of view, but from a physical point of view, getting to do things and 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 to buy into the system, and then you know finally being able to change game with substitutions, tactical tweaks, Mourinho masterclasses. Bruv, where have those been? Gone. Where have those been? Gone. Bruv. Gone. 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 It's dead, bro. I mean, there's a couple of things I want to pin. I think there's a couple of things I want to pin that Brazil conversation I've still got the stadium pinned but everything you say there is spot on with Mourinho and I think there was a good piece in the Guardian this week that I skimmed through and it touched on the substitution the moment it all went wrong and I can't remember the author so forgive me but it highlighted being one all at Anfield and we all remember the game when we lost 2-1 last second for Mourinho header but they said we lost the game because the momentum changed. And I agree with this. This was classic Mourinho. And I think we said this before the game, that this was the time to beat Liverpool at Anfield. This was the time. This was our opportunity. And we had chances. And as much as I love Kane, as much as I think Kane's brilliant, he did miss a header, point blank, in this game. Headed it down, headed over. Okay, Bergwijn hit the post. Bergwijn should have scored. Then... Mourinho did classic Mourinho or classic new Mourinho, which is settle for the point. He takes off Bergwijn, who had been running in time and memorial against that unsettled back four. Yeah, he hadn't scored, but the threat was still there. He takes him off and puts Reggion on. Yes, Reggion is a very much attack-minded fullback, but he isn't a forward there's a difference. Starting position is different. Reggion is not going to get into the positions that Bergwijn was getting into. Okay? That put up a semi-white flag. That told Liverpool that we were going to sit back and take what we have. That meant that probably Trent was going to decide I'm going to come forward any much more. I don't need to worry about the attacking threat as much. And I think if you look at what happened in that game, we conceded territory, we conceded possession, we conceded momentum. And we all know how that game ended with the pressure and the late goal. Now, my thing is this, exactly what you were saying, Kwabna. 
that was the wrong substitution. Yep. We've seen incorrect formations. We've seen incorrect substitutions. We've seen incorrect team lineups that we can see from the gate that are wrong. Another thing is, you, we touched on identity. We don't have one. We don't have one. Like, for the last two weeks, we've been playing this lopsided system with Vinicius and Kane and Lacelso. Is it a four? Is it a three? Everyone's tucking in. There's no width. Today, we went back to a more traditional... Well, I think it was four, three, three today. Um, different formation. We've had many different formations. We are not a fluid side. We we don't know the basics, right? We're not keeping clean sheets. We're not hard to score against. And we keep on changing it. And then we keep on rotating the centre backs. Full backs I don't have a problem with. But we're rotating the centre backs. We haven't stumbled on something that sticks. The midfield on paper should be immense. Hoybier and Don Bele. But I don't even think they are playing to their optimum because there are no Get outs for them, right? When you have a system, when you have a formation, when you know the players you've got at your disposal, as a midfielder who you don't have much time on the ball when you're a midfielder, unless you're Tongi, because you can buy time, but you don't have much time. You need to know your full backs will be there. You need to know where your centre backs will be or whether you can bounce the ball off a centre back and get it back. But when the system is changing, when the players are constantly changing, it's all new every time. And we don't, we don't keep possession. That's not our game anymore. We are a side that wants to play with 19% possession and play in moments. And it doesn't help when nobody knows the system, when the system constantly changes, when personnel keeps on changing. And for me, this is down to one man. Yes, we've had injuries, but so has everybody. But the formations have remained the same. Liverpool haven't changed their formation. They've changed personnel, but they haven't changed formation. What is our identity, Kwabna? I asked you earlier. You didn't really give me an answer. What is our identity? Currently, currently we're a team that's prepared to settle. We're a team with a potent strike force, attempting to be solid at the back. Not even solid from the back, solid from from the midfield backwards, right? And unfortunately, our defence isn't is as porous as anything, right? And so the identity we have doesn't match with the results or the behaviours putting in. So this identity we're trying to adapt of being having a potent strike force but really stubborn to break down team doesn't work because our potent strike force isn't as potent as we'd like to believe, right? It's just not, right? It's, it's not it's not and and it's because they don't play with a level of freedom and we are we are it's funny because I remember reading this book on um, on Johan um, Cruyff and um, it's called I think it's called L'Orange or something like that can't remember. I need to look up the name, but basically, it's, it's a Dutch for orange. It's all about <laughs> this. Is why, this is why I think Laurent is wrong because that sounds French. Um, but for, no, French is for what's orange in French? It's not orange, is it? Anyway, whatever. I'll find out. You sound like Del but Boy. He knows. You get me. But um, the bottom line is that his the whole ethos is your goalkeeper is your first attacker, your striker is your first defender, right? Yeah. Now in a Pep system. In a Poch system, in a Bielsa system, in a 
Kovac system, like in a Kuman system, in an Ancelotti system, this works because your striker harries down, pressures pressures the ball, all that kind of stuff, creates opportunities, wins it in the final third, turns the ball over quickly. It works, right? In a in a in a Mourinho system, it actually means that Harry Kane is constantly in a six yard box heading balls out. Which is doing fantastically well. He's been our best centre back all season. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. Let that sink in. Yeah, so I mean, for me, identity, I don't think, I, I think that's what we're striving for. It's just not really working. And there's no sign that that's going to change. Man, talk to me about this stadium. The stadium costs us one billion. Mm. It's not been a fortress. No. Obviously, due to COVID, we're not getting the numbers in. Um, we're not getting any numbers in to justify the five million. We're not getting five million uh, uh, every other weekend revenue. No one is. But I'm just saying that's just an added thing, right? Unfortunately, that's not the club, club's fault. But this stadium isn't home to these players. Yeah. Why Why is that? Is it because we're just that bad? Is it just because we've got one of the worst set of defenders we've had probably since Kiriches and Fazio? Or is there something else going on there? I think it's... I think it's hard for a place to become home in the circumstances that we've been in. I think COVID has made a massive, had a massive part of it. And when you do have a new stadium, you need you need to create moments. There are moments of magic that you associate with the stadium that make it yours, right? We can all think to White Hart Lane and think about famous wins over Chelsea, over Arsenal, over United, like magnificent comebacks, um, nail-biting finishes, FA Cup um, draws where we looked like we'd messed it up, fluffed it, come back to win it, like rollercoaster, right? Everything from like playing Wickham to, you know, beating United 3-0. There's so many things that happened at White Hart Lane and those moments created the atmosphere. Now, we were supposed to create new memories. We didn't have any statement wins. And then when One. We, and then when we thought that we had got a couple under Mourinho, they didn't really have the same impact because there weren't any, there wasn't anyone in the stadium. So... That was a bit flat. I think we need to... I think what we really need is a... Sorry, can I cut yeah, you there? Yeah, Sorry. We had the one. We had the Man City 1-0 in the quarterfinal of the Champions League where we got to the final that season. Yeah. The Son goal, was it? And the penalty save that gave us... Uh, yeah, that was with the fans and the penalty save was... Um, in front of the south stand, the, the wall, the wall, um, 17,500 people, they're all booing, I think it was Aguero. I got this wrong, was it Gundawang? I can't remember. Mm. But why wasn't that the moment that kick-started? We beat a mighty City 1-0, they missed a penalty in front of our cop. It was a Champions League night, one of the first in the stadium. It was packed, yet energy was terrific. Why didn't that kickstart the feeling of us being at home? I think because deep down, we know we didn't deserve to win. When you win a game because you've been dominant, there's a difference between winning a game because you your tactics paid off despite being dominated, right? Because mm -hmm. that kind of feels like a almost like a cheap win or you got away with it type situation. 
when you win a game because you are better, people don't talk about the tactics. They don't talk about how you hit people in the break or nothing. But they talk about how you're better, how you dominated either. You don't even have to, in this day and age, you don't even have to dominate in possession. You need to dominate in terms of creating smart chances. You need to dominate in terms yep. of making sure that your defense is watertight. This is what dom- this is what being domineering means these days. Like when you're not doing that, it's like, well, what's the point? What is the point? And that's my that's my thing. Like unless you win a game where you're completely dominant, you don't feel it doesn't feel like a statement win. Look, when we beat Arsenal at the end of the um, at, at the end of, of the season, our last season at White Hart Lane, right? It was the most dominate. The dom- most dominating 2-0 win you'll see anywhere. Like, they were yep. peppered and they didn't even look close. They didn't even look close to, to, to coming to our goal, right? We were attack- attacking-wise, we were so exciting. In the midfield, we had complete control. In the defence, we were, like, completely dominant. Like, it, that's the kind of win where you look at it and you're like, this is a statement win. When you hit someone in the break a couple of times and they miss a penalty and they flush their chances, but that doesn't feel like a statement win. That feels like... You, a smash and grab. A smash and grab can never be a statement win. In my opinion, it can never be. Okay, so we need to make it feel like home. We need to find an identity to earn a statement win um, and get a team that can keep a clean sheet and be dominant. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be. I think next season, if the fans come back, it's not going to be the same anyway. It'll probably be a restricted capacity, even though the stadium has increased its capacity by a few hundred, even more. From the last time it increased its capacity, um, I think given COVID, we may find a scenario where some people don't renew their season ticket because they can't afford to. And the fact that we're playing absolutely dog shite um, as well. So... I mean, there still should be nearly 60,000 people in there in any given week. We do have that many true diehard fans, I hope. Um, So hopefully we can turn this place into a fortress or else it will be a waste of time. I think think that will happen, though. I think it will happen. It's just going to take longer than we wanted it to. But, again, this was supposed to be the platform to ensure that we can attract the players to sustain our place in the Champions League and it looks like it's really unravelling kind of badly at the moment Um, but yeah I mean there's talk of we need to change it the direction needs to change whether it be Enoch whether it be Mourinho it could be now but we can't get into that this week I'm surprised we've been on air for nearly 40 minutes Kwabna in such a dire situation but let's, let's look ahead very quickly we touched on it earlier, and I'll tell you a little story, and then we can get out of it. But um, you said it wouldn't surprise you if we got top four and won the Carling Cup in a, in an ironic kind of way. Yep. Um, our next game is Everton. How do you think we will do in that game? I, I think we'll. I think we'll probably get a draw. I think we'll probably get a draw, but I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. I think. Everton probably feel like they have our number right now. Um, they they handled us at a time where we were still trying to like get our feet together and all that kind of stuff. But one thing I've always admired about Ancelotti's teams is that they are tactically sound, not at the cost of playing good football, right? And this is why I, I people thought I was crazy when I said I wanted Ancelotti over Mourinho. People thought I was mad. Like this is. I feel like he's just a bit more 
fluid and progressive in his thinking and he will use that to his advantage when he comes to play us. He like people know now that the feeling is that is he a dead man walking? Is he down tools? I don't know. But Marino seems pretty disillusioned with life at Tottenham. Whereas Ancelotti doesn't feel like that. He sees possibilities at Everton. And Everton have made some mistakes this season. Don't get me twisted, right? They've made some mistakes this season. But they've always felt like they're, even if it's slowly, they've always felt like they've been inching forward. And so that kind of mentality, that positivity, they'll take into the game. And I think it'll serve them well. I think you're right. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've spoken on Ancelotti, so I'm not going to go too much into that. But what I will say at this point, I think any side that we come up against that has two or more really good forwards, and I class Calvert-Lewin and Richarlson as that in the Premier League, we're going to struggle because we just can't defend, right? So they have two. I'm going with an Everton victory or draw. I don't see us winning it. And I think if we don't, there goes our top four because Everton will go above us if they're not above us already. And I don't even look at the table these days. No, no, and we'll it's going to... <laughs> and we'll be chasing too many people to get top four. So I think that's it. Um, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Shaq Kidalio, FC, still top of the fantasy league. I won't say who's bottom. I don't actually know. But maybe I do. But I won't, I won't mention it on air. Um, my little story. You mentioned Brazil and one of the great sides, right? Uh, I don't know if I told you my son's into football. And I'll give him a shout. He scored four goals at the weekend in a training, not in a game. Um, but he won the reward of a pound uh, listen, and stuff. Listen, those goals in training are the ones you end up scoring in, in real games, bro. So that's how it starts. Listen, I know. And I was telling his mum that he... Um, I didn't think he was paying attention, but he was. Like, he actually... It was a little four-on-four game. He turned, checked. Um, like, he's getting good ball control now. The mastery's coming slowly, but he checked back. There was a gap. He put the ball through and burst through. And I was like, oh, I said to his mom, that reminded me of prime Ronaldo, as in Ronaldo <laughs> Nazario. And he heard me. So then he was like, who's Ronaldo Nazario? Whoa, whoa, you mean CR7? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I was like, I have not done my job. Bad dad again. So we went on YouTube. And I was like, you, so you know Ronaldinho, right? He's like, yeah. So I was like, Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, the Ronaldo, and Rivaldo. I said, yeah, they won a World Cup together 2002, blah, 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 Brazil, Brazil, Brazil. So I sent him all this. So he said, oh, let's watch Ronaldo's top 10 goals. So I put it on. Yeah. And within, within like, 30 seconds, he was like, oh. And why do you think that was? Let's <laughs> see why it was. Tell, tell, tell me. Because the damn video wasn't in HD. It was like this old film. And this is why oh, I've never come days. up before. This is why oh, Lee Ronaldo days. is not known to this generation because CR7, Neymar Mbappe, Ronaldinho, all of their video footage with all the latest music is in HD. No one's making the real Ronaldo videos with the latest music, so these kids are not watching. So mad, I had to make my son say That's again. That's a bit mad. That is a bit mad. It's, it's the way it works. It's YouTube, my friend, this is the way it works. HD is, ultra HD is the way it's going. And when you're watching, have you ever tried to watch analog football? Like football in analog, like really, like when the grass blends in with the player's shirts, 
Like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Can you remember that? Yeah, it's actually yeah. amazing because when you first watch HD, yeah. When you like when HD first came out, you're like, oh, what's the hype? And then when you switch it back to like standard definition, you're like, oh my god, yeah. what about the dude? <laughs> the thing is, you were used to it, right? You didn't know any better, so it was cool. And I thought oh, it was a hype, it was a gimmick, it was a gimmick. Oh, gimmick and I used to watch HD and I saw these lines around, it looked like I saw lines around people, and I was like, no, nah, that's not real. And then, like you said, when you switch back, well, that's what my son did this weekend because all he's known is HD and he saw this and he wasn't impressed. But I'm going to have to find a DVD quality um, HD video of um, the Ronaldo for him because, hey, you never know. You never know. He may one day try and mimic him. And if he plays anywhere half like the real Ronaldo, there'll be a player there. Yeah, yeah, we'll be quids in. I say we even Indeed. Family, innit? Yeah, it's a team. It's a team, it's a team innit? Family. If, yeah, if, yeah. If, yeah, if, yeah, he wins, if he wins, we all win. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the money. Oh my days! All right, that's enough for me, mate. I, I think I think I've drowned my sorrows. To be honest, I feel like we did a good job considering the, the dire situation our club's in. But like we said, guys, yeah. you know the sun always shines on the shelf side. The sun always shines on the shelf side. So, um, Andrew, as always, it's a pleasure. It's been cathartic. Thank you very much for um, putting a positive spin. Not even a positive spin, but like it's just just making sure I didn't end this, it, this day on a dour note. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that for real. Thank you. So, um, yeah, guys, remember that if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review because it helps for all the reasons you already know. Five stars only because we only give you five-star content. You can follow us on Twitter, ShelfPod. Um, you know, just come hang out with us, man. Just give us your opinions, your rants, all that kind of stuff. We're here to listen. We, we love the engagement. We, we value each and every one of you listeners. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, man. Don't forget to give someone the gift of the pod. Invite someone along to his journey. Let them come and hang out on the shelf side. They might like it, man. They might like it. And for all of you who continue to listen, you'll appreciate it. Thank you very much. So it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from me. Lero, run the outro. Side, with the show side, with the show side, with the show side, talking and